Hello and welcome to Talk D93, Community Consolidated School District 93's podcast hosted by me, Superintendent Dr. David Hill. In it, I sit down with amazing CCSD 93 staff members and other key figures who impact our district to have conversations about specific CCSD 93 programs, services, events, history, and more. Despite the trying circumstances of this school year, it remains our 100th anniversary as a school district, which is cause for celebration. And to help us celebrate, I could not be more excited to welcome today's guest, Dr. Bill Shields, who served as CCSD 93's fourth full-time superintendent from 2009 until 2019. Welcome, Dr. Shields. Thank you, David. I appreciate you having me back. Uh, the district looks wonderful. I certainly love that uh, tour of JStream's new uh, STEM lab. Outstanding, very, very nice. You guys should be so proud of uh, what you've accomplished with that. The kids and the staff are gonna absolutely love that. Thank you so much, and thank you for much taking the time to take that tour with me. We're very proud of the JStream STEM lab. Today, we're gonna discuss a bit about ccst 93s history during your tenure as superintendent. Can you start by giving us a little background on your education and professional career leading up to your superintendency? Well, David, I was born in the city of Chicago, so I attended school. All my schooling was in Chicago. And I went to two high schools. I went to Quigley North. Quigley was a seminary. And I attended there for two years. And it's interesting, there's a couple of superintendents currently in DuPage County that went to Quigley. There's also a judge, a couple former principals that I'm aware. So they produced an awful lot of educators and administrator leaders and to me, that helped get me um, so focused on um, not just leadership, but service. So I only went two years. I thought there was another way I could provide service than being a priest. Went to St. Ignatius, and there um, had great opportunities with teachers. There was a teacher named John Druska, and Mr. Druska, he was not only instrumental in me wanting to become a teacher, but help me with that whole idea that it's okay to be different. It's okay to be creative. It's okay to look at innovations. And just a, a big inspiration in helping me want to become a teacher. Um, I worked for the city of Chicago for a couple years. I worked for the Archdiocese of Chicago for 13 years. I was a principal up in Skokie. And the interesting thing that may have helped me with District 93 was that the charge that they gave me was to develop all day, full day kindergarten, which we did in the mid 80s, and that was kind of cool, working with five or six public school districts. And the other thing was developing a preschool. I had no knowledge. I did a lot of coaching. I taught at the middle school level. So now all of a sudden I've been given this task of developing a preschool. So I did what I normally do, is I went to all these universities, all these experts. It took a couple years to develop it. And it was just an opportunity that later helped me out when becoming superintendent here in District 93. So that's basically my career. Um, other than college was Loyola. Uh, got to know a lot of professors. So my undergraduate, my master's, and my doctorate all were from Loyola University. Huh. Thank you so much for sharing that story. Must be a wonderful uh, Quigley reunion when you get some of those uh, high-powered folks together. Well, it's interesting. I was recently with a retired judge and we were talking about the school and it really is something where there is a tremendous close-knit. It's a close-knit family. Those that went, whether it was one year, two years, four years, uh, outstanding school at the time, as I said, promoting that whole service, which has really been something that's affected my life. Excellent. 
What did you consider your main objectives during your tenure as superintendent, and how were some of those accomplished? Well, the key thing here, uh, being a superintendent, was to develop a strategic plan. And everything has to be around that. In my teaching career, and as even a, a, a young administrator, there were a lot of initiatives. They were very random initiatives. They weren't necessarily aligned in any format. And what would happen as a teacher is I would uh, work on that initiative and whether they become a new administrator or leader or whatever happened, all of a sudden, a year later, that initiative disappeared. And so we were spinning our wheels with so much of that. So developing a strategic plan, and certainly I learned a lot of that from the previous two superintendents. I'm very fortunate to work with John DeBuno. You mentioned uh, being the fourth superintendent. Certainly also under Hank, understanding the importance of setting those goals and those processes with a strategic plan and making sure those things were aligned, those goals. So that was the key thing. And David, we had great cabinet members, obviously, and I mean this very sincerely, we we're fortunate to be able to hire you. Kathy Brennan, Marie Hoffman, I can go on and on, Krista Morrissey, we had some just tremendous people. And we moved to make that strategic plan, not the superintendent or the school board strategic plan, but how does that become the strategic plan for every single employee? We, we had 700 at the time that they all saw the importance of that strategic plan. So to make any kind of um, improvements, innovation, anything that was gonna be sustainable, you had to have those plans in place. Everyone had to buy into it. So that was the key thing that I tried to do. And again, learned that from a couple of very smart superintendents prior to me. And that was something I continued through for my 10 years as superintendent. Thank you. Um, a lot of changes took place in the district during your tenure as superintendent. We have an early childhood center. Um, we looked at a lot of other different things. There's some that kind of jump out at you that you were really, really proud of during your time here? Well, you know, the district, it, it moved so much, and we had so many different issues that were happening in terms of, and I'm thinking of my 29 years, uh, the, the, the diversity changed, the poverty levels changed. Uh, we went through a tough economic time that was pretty tough from about 2009 through about 12, 13. Um, we had all that testing that became the priority that the federal government, the Common Core. So a lot of those are types of things that um, were, 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 were pitfalls. They were difficult things to try to overcome and, and keep the district, keep all the teaching staff united, even the parents with those things. So the things that I'm very proud of is that we were able to um, really look at opportunities for teachers. That professional development was key. Providing opportunities for every teacher on his or her own to be able to make those improvements, to have the time. Every professional, uh, every profession needs that time to, to, to learn. And I think District 93, again, through the cabinet members, the school board, everybody united said, this is key. And then, of course, the opportunities for learning for the students. So whether it be a dual language program or whether it be a digital citizen, whatever those things are, that we provided opportunities that our kids could take advantage of. You mentioned briefly the Early Childhood Center. Again, I had kind of a history with that. Going back to John DeBuno, he was very big in early childhood, so was Hank Jamitro. We had some former cabinet members, Sharon Fry, some of them that were outstanding with that. 
and so to be able to develop that center, create that center, uh, it was just a great opportunity for us. And then, of course, you take Kim Hefner, and you take uh, a Marie Hoffman, and you take a Rosary Horn, who were able to go a step further with that and have that coalition. I think that's something to be very proud of for this whole district of, that the key, and I think District 93 remains at the forefront of leadership in terms of early childhood education. Well, speaking of forefront of leadership, you think about the current situation that we're in right now with this pandemic and where we were positioned as a district from a technology standpoint, where many were not, that although this is not ideal for our students, we as a district were prepared to handle a transition to a fully remote learning environment many, better than many as a result of what some of the groundwork we as a district had put together several years ago. Um, you know, you were a, a catalyst to bring in a one-to-one -one initiative in the district, and that's not what we call it anymore, but because of those four things that we're seeing off into the future, we've been able to provide our students even today during this pandemic with a world-class educational experience. And for that, we are very grateful to you, our cabinet members, and our Board of Education for supporting that because, as you know, many of our districts right now are really struggling to provide meaningful learning in environments for their children as a result of that. Well, David, thank you for saying that. Um, as you know, because you were uh, hired just as we were moving into that direction, um, it, it was so difficult to get everybody on board. Uh, you know, the whole advent of mobile technology was real key or I'm sure Hank or John or somebody else would have moved in that direction. So the timing was perfect. But to have teachers understand that education is changing nonstop, and that's what it's all about, is keeping up with the times. So yes, during a pandemic like this, everybody wants everybody back in the classroom, face to face. Everybody understands the importance of it. But it started changing public education several years ago, and this pandemic, it will never be the same. Uh, even once we're back with the vaccine and everything's fine. So the whole idea of how we're delivering teaching, how we're delivering and how kids are learning is going to be so far different. And with your leadership, David, I know that uh, the district's ahead. But again, I want to note, that's a big credit to the staff here. This staff bought into that. They worked very, very hard, as you remember. Uh, it wasn't just handing them a device and saying to them, okay, go and use that technology as a tool to teach kids better. No, it took a lot of learning, a lot of effort, hard work on their part. So what an amazing staff that you have here that bought into that and worked very hard so that now with this pandemic, again, I'm sure all your teachers want the kids back in the classroom, but with this pandemic, they at least have tools that while this is going on, kids are getting the best possible education they could. Another success of District 93 that I, I am so proud of, and I'm kind of finishing up what you started a number of years ago, is the transformation of learning spaces in our district. Uh, you'll remember that you and I had the uh, pleasure of sitting on the very first Elsie Johnson Innovation Center Learning Design Committee, and uh, I'd love for you to talk just a little bit about your, your thoughts and your, and your ideas to transform the district from a traditional library to what we now have, which is innovation centers, as well as our middle school STEM labs, which have been so wonderfully designed and um, really appreciated by our students and our staff. Well, David, um, again, thanks to Hank back in 2005 when I was in HR, I was, uh, I was afforded the opportunity to join ISTE and become a little bit more attuned to what's going on out there. 
certainly you, our board president, other uh, key administrators got to actually go out to Harvard and see, learn a little bit about learning spaces. So probably the first time that this happened was through the Early Childhood Center. Um, and with that committee coming together to say, how do we develop a building that's going to stay as a creative place for students, three and four year olds to learn, and not have the building has to knock walls down or put walls up or change things around. How do we build a, a, a learning space for the future? And of course that started, uh, again, as you mentioned with Elsie Johnson, you did a great job with Heritage Lakes, so, several of the other schools. And I think if we're able to, again, align, that's a key phrase there, or verb, to align teaching, learning with learning spaces, it's going to have those opportunities for kids even much more uh, promising, much more, it's going to inspire, it's gonna motivate, it's gonna challenge kids. So again, the district years ago were in the forefront of that, saying let's align those spaces to teaching and learning so we get the optimal. And then again, and you just showed me too, also making sure that the entrances are safe for students and, and for parents and for staff members. So again, I, I, I'm seeing so much in social media that a lot of districts are looking to move in that direction. They're looking to go out to referendum. They're not even sure how to do it. And here you are as a leader here in District 93 that you, know, you just did that with JStream. You're ready to do it with Western Trails. It's just an outstanding thing that this board and this administration, along with the staff, we're able to forecast out in the future. Uh, what a great opportunity. So yes, the learning spaces were great. Um, it's, it's fun to see what's going on in there. And again, that, that, staff, of, that staff of yours is, continues to take it to that next level. I would agree. We have a fantastic staff here in District 93. We, we've talked about a number of successes that occurred under your leadership. Did I miss anything? Is there anything else that you can think of that you either were really proud of during your tenure as superintendent or as you look back now, you say, wow, I, I'm so happy, thrilled that we, we were able to get that accomplished. You know, David, I think you hit on all of them. Again, the idea of having a strategic goal and plan in place, thoughtfully worked on, worked on from the whole staff and gaining input from the community. I think that was key to have us all in one direction because you can have all these goals and, and, and initiatives, and me being around a long time, 44 years, I've seen things come and go. Um, I remember at Western Trails, we had all kinds of innovative ideas. We had multi-age classrooms, and we, had, we got rid of desk 20 years ago. And all of a sudden, within a matter of a few years, all those things went right back to the same way. So how do you sustain innovation? How do you sustain those changes? that instead of trying something for a year or two and then spending the money and then saying, well, let's put that out and put something different in, I think the key thing here is that having that strategic goal and that, uh, uh, and, and that continuous improvement framework that you and I have bought so well into, and again, learning that from Hank. John DeBuno may not have used those terms, but it was the same thing. How do we continue to grow and get better as a district? And I think that's what I'm most proud of and that's your job now, is that everybody takes it to one level. And then that next superintendent is to say, how do I go to that next? How do I continue to progress and change for the betterment of every staff member, every student, and the entire community? And that's what's happening from what I'm seeing, David. So congratulations to you. Well, with that being said, I, I would be remiss if I did not 
thank you. I would not be where I am today without you. You taught me a tremendous amount and it was my esteemed pleasure to work for you for eight years. I would not be able to continue to move this district forward without some of the experiences and the words of wisdom that you gave me as I transitioned into this job. As you mentioned, I am honored to be the fifth superintendent of this school district and I'm so proud of the four that came before me to get us to where we are. You and your fellow superintendents have gotten this district to a level that is a world-class educational organization and I'm just trying to move it a little bit f forward from where we were. But um, again, I, I cannot thank you enough for what you did for me, um, for all your help, and I know that you're, you're around if I need you uh, moving forward, but it was a, a sincere pleasure to work for you and thank you for getting me to where I am. Well, this has been a fascinating conversation, Dr. Shields. I thank you so much for being here, spending some of your time and sharing a bit about your tenure and how CCSU 93 grew during your time here. Again, thank you so much for being here, Dr. Shields. Thank you, David. Talk D93 listeners, please subscribe to Talk D93 on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. And don't miss a thing from CCSD93 by following us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. You can also find me on Twitter at drhilld93. Join us next time for another inside look at CCSD93. Thank you.